1: That's eight hundred seven six oh eighteen forty five.
2: Now on the tea. Is it time? Let's do this. Hey there and welcome to another edition of Real Golf Radio. I'm Brian Taylor alongside Bob Casper, son of the legend and Hall of Famer Billy Casper. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks to Dave Glauser, our producer. You can find us on Twitter, at Real Golf, any of your favorite podcaster sites, iHeartRadio, and SiriusXM Radio, as well as uh, our flagship radio station, 1280 The Zone, 97.5, The Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks for being with us. A lot going on in the world of golf this week as we are wrapping up another season in professional golf on the tours and a lot to celebrate coming off the Olympics as well. We've got news out of the USGA. We've got news from the official World Golf Rankings. There's a lot to get to, and oh yeah, by the way, we got bubbles to take a look at. Not only from uh, the PGA Tour and the playoffs is concerned, but also Ryder Cup, which is not far away. So this is going to be a lot of fun, and by the way, we're going to take a special time to uh, emphasize the U.S. amateur being played at Oakmont, a good friend of ours who's a 44-year member of the club there at Oakmont Country Club. Kirk Coulter will join us. Just a seven-time club champion is all, and eight-time runner-up, and one of the club historians. So he's going to give us a nice little insight on Uh, oakmont country club so look forward to that also mitch Voges, the 1991 us amateur champ is going to stop by as well as america's favorite caddy we got a lot to get to and uh, some really great guests so thank you for being with us and tuning in and accessing the show however you choose to do bob let's open up by first of all congratulating nelly corda as she continues her domination of women's golf and representing usa by claiming gold both uh, gold medals going to the red white and blue this year
3: yeah, it's pretty exciting. Uh, Xander Shoffley, of course, we know, won f- on the men's side. And to see Nella Corda coming down the stretch, um, kind of losing her lead and then uh, getting it back and uh, finishing out was pretty sweet to watch. Um, she just played some good golf down the stretch. And even though she didn't have her best game, she was able to uh, get it all done.
2: Really happy for her. She's the number one player in the world. She went out. She knew that it was her goal to lose, and she played like the number one player in the world. And you could see, yep. I mean, she hit some bad shots down the stretch. She had that putt there, that chip that came back to her, and she yep. really had to Twice. gather her. Right. And she really had to gather herself. And to see her be able to do that and bounce back with a birdie, two birdies, I believe, uh, right mm-hmm. in a row there, if I'm remembering yep. correctly, to take back the. The tournament and uh, and of course ending in Olympic gold. So congratulations to Nelly Korda for that. Also, Monet Ami of Japan captured silver. Lydia Ko won bronze. The first multiple medalist in Olympic golf. We'll get into the rest of the storylines and headlines and all the, all still to come. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to Real Golf Radio.
4: For over two decades, First Tee has created experiences that build character. We believe every kid deserves to feel supported, safe to try something new, and to be prepared for what comes next. We develop their swing, but more importantly, their inner strength. Because we know what's inside doesn't just count, it changes the game. Come join us at First Tee.
2: Visit firsttee.org.
5: To get your highest performing tour ball, you need to build it with the highest quality. To get the highest quality, you need to pass more than 150 consistency checkpoints. And to guarantee your tour ball has a more centered core, you need unique 3D x-ray. That's why one tour ball is more centered than another. And it might not be who you'd think. ChromeSoft. This ball really does change everything.
6: There are currently 2 million American spouses and children whose family member was killed or disabled in defense of our country, which is why I founded The Folds of Honor, providing educational scholarships to the families of 1% of the Americans who protect our freedom. Thank you for supporting The Folds of Honor. Thank you for supporting The Folds of Honor. Please join our squadron today. Your $13 a month speaks volumes and changes lives forever.
7: Born from 10 years of research and innovation, the shaft synonymous with high performance and unrivaled feel is back. Introducing the all-new Matori X from Fujikura. Built to amplify the performance of today's driver heads with a reinforced bias core and a torsionally stiffened handle, Matori X doesn't just add speed and stability, it multiplies it. Get custom fit from Matori X today.
2: Those who know love heading to St. George, Utah for year-round fun, especially golf. But where to stay is always a challenge, and getting a tee time can be tough. What if there was a Scottsdale-style golf resort in St. George where you can stay and play? And what if you could own your own residence there? Well, now there is. Introducing Black Desert Resort at Entrada. The second and final chapter of the Entrada Vision offers a full community with exceptional amenities from residential villages, hiking trails through preserved lava flows, spa, world-class dining and shopping, and a Tom Weiskopf championship golf course. It's literally an outdoor paradise that will strengthen family bonds and make lifelong memories. That's life at Black Desert. Find out how you can stake your claim at blackdesertresort.com blackdesertresort.com exclusive real estate opportunities are available now black desert resort at Entrada. unlike anything you've experienced before
1: now Back to Brian Taylor and Bob Casper on Real Golf Radio. Real Golf Radio.
2: And this segment brought to you by Callaway Golf and the all-new Jaws Full Toe Wedges. Every shot in full control. The Jaws Full Toe is designed to give you control on all types of wedge shots from chips, pitches, flops, bunker shots, and full shots into the green. It's an absolute spin machine with full face Jaws grooves, offset groove-in-groove technology and an all-new raw face. Confidence and control, Come from a full toe shape. And specialized C grind. Bring out your full imagination and take on any shot with the new Jaws full toe. You can pre-order coming up on August 26th. Check it out at CallawayGolf.com. They kind of took that PM grind, what Phil Mickelson did there, uh-huh. a little bit, and and brought those wet, those grooves all the way out across that face. So if you're opening it up and you're hitting some shots that come yeah. up off the toe, it's going to spin all the way along. And um, yeah, I think it's I think it's good. You know, we asked uh, Neville. Um what what his plans were, he did say he had some things in the works and apparently it was the full toe. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Very nice. Looking like it. Do you like the raw face, by the way? Is that do you like it to rust? I mean the raw face means it's going to rust. I don't necessarily like that. Yeah.
3: I I, I like a more traditional look and not something that looks unfinished.
2: Yeah. It's it's a trend thing, right? It's like uh yeah. It's like whether you, um, you know, hem your pants with a cuff or no cuff, right? I mean, it sort of goes in and out of style. The back when I was in high school, we used to soak our wedges in, in, I don't even remember what we put in it to try to get them to rust because that was the cool thing, right? That was 35 years ago. So now, again, it kind of goes full circle. Some guys like that and supposedly that raw, rusty face will create more spin. But you know what? The way the, the, the technology in the grooves today and the Mm -hmm. golf ball, to me, it spins plenty. So you're, I'm with you. I kind of like it a little bit more finished look. Yeah. More like a, a fine instrument. Yes, exactly. So, anyway, nonetheless, uh, those are available. All right, Bob, I got a lot to get to. Uh, I Mentioned Nellie Corda, wanted to give her some love. In fact, let's yep. let's continue with ladies' golf because not only did we, uh, as the, as USA, claim Olympic gold, but I couldn't help but notice the Americans are representing in the top ten in the race to the CME Globe. Of course, Nellie yep. Corda is number one. Her sisters that checks in at seven, Lexi Thompson at eight, and Daniel Kang at nine. So if you look at that, with the American flags in that top ten on the LPGA Tour, the Americans leading the way, four Americans, three Koreans, two players from Thailand, and uh, of course Lydia Ko is second, they're representing New Zealand. But I think this is fantastic. It's been some time, in my mind, I'd have to go back and look at the exact, but it feels like it's been some time since we've had this much representation at the top of women's golf and a lot to of course goes there to the court of sisters but I, I love to see it and, and of course we got the women's scottish open going on then the women's open next week and then solheim cup on september 4th so it's gonna be a lot of yeah. great um, women's golf to watch over the next few weeks but i'm loving the way the americans are representing and the, getting some momentum going here
3: well and that's you know it's like you said it's been it's been a while so to see what how these younger players have come along. And, you know, uh, Lexi Thompson was kind of holding up the the banner, so to speak. But now you've got Danielle King that's jumped in there. You've got Jessica Corda and, of course, uh, Nellie Corda to kind of back her up and kind of prop her up as well. Uh, Nellie Corda has raced to the top of the world rankings in women's golf and is the number one player in the world. And um, it's it's just been awesome to see these ladies start to take hold and to really push themselves up in the top rankings in the top ten in the world.
2: Oh, look! Before that, we had Michelle. We we had Paula Kramer. Speaking of Oakmont, uh-huh. she won the 2010 U.S. Women's Open at Oakmont. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of ladies that sort of carried that torch for USA. And um, like I said, it's it's fun to see you know them back in in uh, in numbers. Uh, They're at the right. top of the women's game. So anyway, just a little shout out there to the ladies and uh, hopefully you enjoy uh, the events coming up Scottish open and then Solheim cup, which is always entertaining us amateur going on. As I mentioned at Oakmont, we did a little preview last week, Bob, and you know, yeah. this is a golf course. We talked about how difficult it is. You're going to hear more about that from Mitch Voges, the caddy. And of course, Kurt Coulter, who's a longtime member there at Oak Ridge and a seven time club champ. How about that guy? Seven time club champ over yeah. four decades on that golf course
3: club champ and and it's stroke play it's 54 hole stroke play for those guys there in their club championship seven times winner and eight time runner up you got to be playing pretty good to put yourself into contention Fifteen times, and uh, and and get three of them, almost fifty percent win percentage.
2: Yeah, that's pretty pretty cool stuff. And they run the greens. You'll hear them talk about it at fifteen, faster yes. than the USGA will allow the US yes. Open to be played. So they yep. love it fast. They talk about it being a marathon, and you'll hear uh, Kurt talk about it in his own words. All right, uh, the FedEx Cup. Regular season is wrapping up, Bob, and you know there's there's some bubbles to be had, thing guys to watch. A lot of lots mentioned about Ricky Fowler this week because he's 130th yep. going yep. into this week, but he's exempt through the 2022-23 season because of his Players Championship win. Yeah, it was all the way back in 15, but remember. You've got the that that year plus five, and then you got COVID, which added the exemption, which didn't steal anything from from players right. because of that disruption. And so he's still good as far as the PGA tour is concerned, but there's a lot for Ricky Fowler to play for. Doesn't matter how much exemption you have, that's a big part of getting inside the top one twenty five. But having the opportunity to compete in the postseason and for the money that's at stake and the things that go along with that exemption wise and, and others, it's it's important for Ricky to play well this week and try to break through.
3: Yeah, the ultimate thing that they're trying to do is to get into the top 125 and then be able to play themselves into the top 70 and then the top 30. Um, Once you get into that top 30, guess what? You are invited to every single major championship. You can set your schedule. You get to play wherever you like as far as the tour is concerned. All the invitationals, Jack's event, Arnold's Arnold's event, uh, Tiger's event at Riviera, that is – you know, the, the bar, you got to get to that top 30, but first of all, you got to get into this final last three events, which are, um, the BMW, which is in two weeks, the Northern trust, which will be next week and then get it, get into that tour championship so that you can, uh, you can get all those perks of being in the top 30 on the PGA tour. So, um, yeah, it, this is a big deal. This is what everybody plays for. And how they come down to the end of the year, um, and if you don't make it into that top 125, then guess what? You have other opportunities to get to get your card back, but um, it becomes a lot more difficult for you.
2: So you're saying that there are there's different levels of yes. tour membership. It's yep. great to get your card. That's the first step. But yeah, yes. being in some of these elite clubs allow the. Uh, yeah, I don't want to just use the rich to get richer, but. You get more opportunities certainly because those WGC and Invitational events oftentimes don't have cuts, which allows you to continue to to play uh, four of the four rounds and improve your your position there. Yep. So I got to throw this out there, and we can talk to the caddy about this as well. Will Zalatoris needs a win this week. Okay, yes. he has eight top tens, fourteen top twenty fives in twenty four events this year on the PGA Tour. He tied for sixth. At the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. He finished second at the Masters in April. He tied for eighth at the PGA at Kiowa. He missed the cut at Torrey and had to withdraw from the Open Championship because of that back. But And he wow. was playing well at the time. Yeah, he has won $3.4 million on the PGA Tour. He He's seventh in strokes gained approaching the green. He's 13th in strokes gained tee to green. He's 34th, first oh, strokes gained overall. He is... Absolutely, one of the top players right now with his $3.4 million, he would sit inside the top 30. And yet, because he worked his way up through the Corn Ferry Tour, has not won on the PGA Tour because of their rules, he is not able to play in the postseason because officially he's not a member of the PGA Tour, only conditionally a member of the PGA right. Tour. There has to be a Will Zala rule put into effect following this season it's not going to help him but future guys that come up this way the same way he had, there's no reason the Wills Alator shouldn't be in the postseason
3: well I agree with you um and but we've seen this before guys like Jordan Spieth um other guys that have had opportunities to come through um the Corn Ferry Tour uh prior web.com tour but Corn Ferry Tour now those guys have all had an opportunity to make it, um, guys that have played on on sponsors' exemptions, those types of things have really let these players kind of shine and, and get an ability to get onto the PGA Tour, but they've lacked the opportunity to get full membership unless they've won, and I think that's a travesty. They need to be able to have an opportunity, especially if they're coming through that Corn Ferry Tour. Through the PGA Tour system, to get on the PGA Tour and get membership.
2: Agree with you 100%. Take a look at that. I think that will be changed uh, before next year because it's, you know, he he did everything he was supposed to do, and it's kind of a shame. And you know what? You just never know. People say, oh, he's young. Yep. He's got lots of playoffs. You never know that with golf. He's got this right. little back injury. What if it messes him up and he doesn't have the year that he had this year and he misses the playoffs next year? You don't ever know. And so I hate to to, I guess – spoil uh an opportunity when a guy has built such a tremendous uh resume for the season well listen we got to take a break Lots we'll of caddy about that and much more mitch vo just still to come this hour as well thanks for joining us you're listening to real golf radio hotel park city along with the spa and ruth's chris steakhouse are open parents were tired forced into homeschooling juggling work at home and kids at home well Take a staycation and escape to Hotel Park City. The pool's open, fitness center, bandanas grill, Roost Chris, the spa, and the golf course. From suites and the cottages that offer private hot tubs on the balcony and three fireplaces, you got to get away. To Hotel Park City, call 435-940-5077. That's 435-940-5077 for reservations today. before you buy it beginners are welcome come and learn from the experts at get some guns and ammo open seven days a week
3: you might know mountain land supply for its plumbing products but did you know mountain land supply also carries landscaping irrigation supplies and tools they can help you design and calculate the exact feet of pipe sprinkler heads and nozzles to use for your yard using smartphone technology you can even control your watering with state-of-the-art controllers for all your landscaping needs Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you.
2: This is Brian Taylor. In 22 years of hosting this show, the most life changing experience I've had was getting LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. I met Dr. Philip Hoops and Dr. Phil Hoops Jr. over a decade ago. They helped me through the decision process of understanding what benefits I would experience and the various options I had to choose from. One thing was for sure I was done with contacts and glasses. What a hassle. Not ideal for my lifestyle. Of course, I was nervous. It's your eyes after all. But the Hoops Vision free consultation was absolutely key. They were thorough and walked me through everything to put my concerns to rest and the day of the surgery was so easy really one of the simplest things I've gone through and it worked I could see instantly and 12 years later I haven't had any issues at all I can still see that tee shot land 300 yards down the fairway well you know close to 300 yards anyway schedule your free consultation today at hoopsvision.com join the list of happy patients like Mike Weir, Bruce and Boyd Summerhays, Bob Casper and me oh and mention Real Golf Radio and you'll save a thousand dollars off your LASIK procedure do it now at Hoops vision.com
1: now back to real golf radio talking golf back when 300
2: yard drives were big for real here's brian and bob All right, welcome back to the show. Brian and Bob with you here on Real Golf Radio. And it's time for everyone's favorite segment. It's America's favorite caddy. There are bag rats. (laughs) And then there are caddies.
1: Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. While we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper, here he is, the caddy on Real Golf Radio.
2: Yeah, Caddy joins us right here uh, every week on Real Golf Radio. And, uh, Caddy, by the way, um, you shared uh, contact information for your good friend, Kurt Coulter, from Oakmont Country Club, and we had a chance to visit with him. He's coming up on the back nine, but we played that little open for him when we were recording that interview, and he got quite the chuckle out of it, just so you know.
9: Well, I think Kurt probably gets chuckles out of just about everything I do, which is (laughs) fine. You know, sometimes if you can't make someone laugh if you can't make someone laugh make them laugh at you i guess
10: um kurt's
9: a a, kurt's won the club championship there more times than tiger ones tiger woods has won wgc uh at oakmont that's how good a player he is and uh he's a fine upstanding well he's not a young man anymore but He's a good guy.
2: Now, wait a minute, Caddy. I, I appreciate the way you set that out, but Tiger Woods has won 18 WGC events. Kurt has won seven club championships. I just wanted to clarify that.
9: Well, you've got to understand, though, they conduct, they conduct more than one WGC a year. They only conduct one. So we have to go apples to apples here and divide. Tigers wins by three,
3: <laughs> which gives him six, which gives Kurt. One more.
2: Oh, I see what you did there. Okay. Patty, do you know how even... many
3: times Kurt has been runner-up mm. in the club championship?
9: Uh, I'm going to say it's going to approach, uh, with the
3: multiplier, Jack Nicklaus major runner-ups, with the multiplier by four. He's been runner-up eight times.
2: Seven wins, I eight, eight runners-up,
3: Kenny.
9: So clearly
3: a more accomplished record than Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods
9: <laughs> by those parameters with a little bit of math added in. Basically, this is how the world golf ranking is computed, by the way.
2: Yeah, ninety and, and 16, so, yeah. 116. I, I see you working there. Yeah, it's good.
9: Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you very little. Yeah. I did that, Matt. I did that uh, little adjustment completely on the fly. No preparation whatsoever. Yep. Just,
3: you that's know, the caddy. That's why I
9: should have been an attorney. <laughs> yep. should have been a lawyer. I should have been a lawyer, but that's what we need is another lawyer. Just what we need. <laughs>
2: So, so, Caddy, I went no, on the
9: lawyers out there, of course.
2: <laughs> I went on a little rant, uh, not a rant, but maybe uh, in in the last segment, talking about the fact that here we are with the final uh, week of the season before going into the postseason, and Will Zalatoris is he has to have a win this week at the Wyndham in order to get into the playoffs because he only has conditional status. Now, let me just run this down for you, okay? Will Zalatoris, who came up through the PGA Tour's Corn Ferry Tour system. Played 24 events on the PGA Tour, has 8 top 10s. He has 14 top 25s. He tied for 6th at the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. He was 2nd at the Masters in April. He tied for 8th at the PGA Kiwa. He's earned $3.4 million on the PGA Tour, which would put him right now at about 26th or 27th in the FedEx Cup points. And yet he is on the outside, have a nice day, not eligible to play. There seems like that needs to be adjusted.
9: He's, he's an awesome player. It, it really does kind of stink. I understand the idea behind it. He got unconditional exemptions, and that yeah. does not allow him to gain membership from those accomplishments without a win, I guess. And there's a good purpose for that. It's to kind of keep, keep some guys from other tours maybe to come over here, cherry pick a couple events, get status, become members, all that kind of stuff. So I get it, but I think it would be cool. Is there a way, because he came off the Corn Ferry Tour, through the tourist farm system yes. to become a tour player.
2: Yes. You
9: yep. think, hey, maybe we can make an adjustment to this, right, for, for the corn ferry guys because they're not coming off the Euro tour or the Challenger. coming coming off the PGA tour corn ferry, Exactly. Right. right. So, exactly. yeah, I'm with you. Yep. Here's yep. the great thing about Will Zell, of course. I saw him talking about this in an interview, and, I mean, he wasn't the least bit bitter about it. He's just like, no. hey, oh, yeah, yeah, basically, if I win, I can do it. If not, I'll do it next year. Life is great. Da, da, da. Like Harry Singlish, his interview was spectacular. After St. Jude's, first of all, he gave one, which is awesome. And you know, it's not easy when that happens. And mm-hmm. you know, you'd rather go maybe get some ice cream or something. But you, you, you know, the second thing is he 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 just basically said, "Oh, I was faced with a situation. I didn't handle it that well. I was on the clock. I got to learn how to do it better." Instead yeah. of blaming, "Oh, we shouldn't have been on the clock," or you know, "This guy was da da da." da. He he was he was just owning it all and saying, you know, look, that's a mature guy. I love that. That's awesome. More people like Harris English in the world, please, of golf, who just basically say, got a situation in front of me. Here's what I can do about it. Here's what I need to do about it. And not letting other people control their destiny. Good right. stuff. Love it. Pick them both on the rider Cup. Get-
3: yeah. Will Zalatoris. as you were talking, you know, like you said, he came, he came up through the Corn Ferry Tour. You know, the Corn Ferry Tour, they've made – uh, ways for guys to get automatic battlefield promotions from the Corn Ferry Tour if they win three times. And we've seen a guy do that this year from Chile that was playing in the Olympics. Um, a, a guy that was number 200 in the world just over a year ago. And, and now he's playing, he has membership on the PGA Tour. There's absolutely no reason why a guy like Will Zalatoris could get on and they should make that stipulation from the Corn Ferry Tour.
9: Yeah, if they can do it, I think, I, I'm sure they're considering it if they can do it. I mean, it does make sense, if it's possible to do it. Now, I don't really know how all those things work and all the details of the exemptions and all that. I mean, you know, a lot of this stuff is thought through really well, I think. And But maybe this is one that they they could, it would be cool. I think it'd be cool. I think, who who would object? Who doesn't feel like Will of deserves to be in the Tour oh, yeah. championship? Yeah. I mean, come on.
2: Yeah.
9: Yeah. No you know? no. So let's go to Ryder Cup. Um, there's certainly been people who, should have been on the Ryder Cup but couldn't play because they weren't yet members of the PGA of America. I, I can't I can't remember historically who it is, but I'm pretty sure you had to be a member of the PGA of America to play the Ryder Cup. And I think there's been guys who, you know, yeah. all, all other reasons would be on the Ryder Cup who didn't make it because of that, which, I mean, that's kind of stinky too. So, well, you know, sometimes it happens. One of the things guys love to say when there's something going on is just play better. Well, it's kind of hard to say that to Will course, How much better do you want him to play? <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah.
9: <laughs> you know, but, but you know, hey, look, a win would have solved things, too. So, yep. But, yep. you know, so there you go. Maybe he wins this week and it's a moot point. Yep. I mean, that's he's a right. North Carolina guy, um, sort of. They so went to wake, right? So he went to wake. He's, I heard he's played that golf course more than Sam Sneeds won on it. So that's a lot.
2: Mm. There you go. Yeah.
9: So.
3: So my dad, when he joined the PGA Tour, you had to be a member of the PGA of America six months before you could start, I think, accepting money, and then you had to be a member for a year before you could you could get points to qualify for the Ryder Cup team. And my dad played on it, what, eight times, seven seven, eight eight times, and was captained once. So... Um. Yeah. You. You really had. And then yeah, the other thing go. is, is you didn't get, you didn't get points on uh, based on the money you made. You got points for top ten finishes, and if there were Europeans that were sprinkled in there or whatever, it didn't. It wasn't the top ten U.S. players. It was only top ten finishes, and no captains' picks.
2: Hmm. I'm glad you let's use that as a transition, Caddy. Uh, Caddy joining us here on Real Golf Radio. So, speaking of captain's picks. Um, it's this is going to be interesting, and we're going to get into this a little bit more in detail as the show goes on. But it seems like the first nine players, in my opinion, for the U.S. team, are pretty well set. You got Morikawa, DJ, Deschambeau, Kepka, Thomas, Shafley. Those, that's the top six are in. And Then six captains' picks: Spieth is seven, Harris English eight, Patrick Reed nine. I have to think those players are 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 a lock. So now I'm going to say we've got Steve Stricker's got some picks to make. With the next, the final three. And I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to submit that there's the final six in the standings are in play. Let me read them to you. Daniel Berger, Patrick Cantley, Tony Finau, Webb Simpson, Scotty Scheffler, and Jason Kokrak. Right now, I think those are the six players who are vying for one of the final three spots on the Ryder Cup. If you were Captain Caddy right now, I mean, I should say if Caddy was Captain Stricker, put it that yes. way. Well, who's your who's your top three out of those six? And it might not be as easy as you think.
9: It's never easy when you have a list like that. I mean, wow. Um, I'll tell you who, and I don't know this at all. I just this is just from casual observation sitting in my chair watching golf on TV. Because I don't know this guy, but I gotta believe if I'm going to a gunfight, I think I want Daniel Berger with me. So hmm. he seems like the he's got that he's got a good mindset on that. I think. Right. I think. Right. Some just tells me he's like the gunslinger type guy, right? Um, but I don't know this. I'm just you know I'm just saying that.
2: Yeah, I just, just yeah, to back, back up your guns does, back right. up your gunslinger yeah. thing. He won at Pebble Beach and he has eight top tens. So there you go.
9: Well, that doesn't have anything to do with. It's not that doesn't that doesn't have anything to do the. I mean, it's just you know how are you going to get in the crunch situations. You know, are you going to are you going to shy away from it, or are you going to run towards it and you know look for someone to take down? You know, I I think those guys they they those kind of guys tend to do pretty well at the Ryder Cup. Yep. Um. But, you know,
3: I don't know. That's okay, so you're taking opinion. Daniel Berger. Okay, so wait a second. Let me throw this in real quick, and then you can go from there. If you if you throw Daniel Berger in there, um, that that gives you four rookies on the Ryder Cup team if you pick him.
9: If you look historically, Europe, Europe has basically had great success just not letting the rookies play at all as much as they could, just keeping them on the bench. So that would be right. contrary to, to a formula that debuts to have great success. But, uh, you know, Who are our rookies on that team? Yeah, are you saying Daniel Berger's
3: a rookie? Daniel Berger would be a rookie. Yeah, Daniel Berger's not.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's played. Uh He played in the President's Cup, but he hasn't played a Ryder Cup. Colin Morikawa,
3: Xander Shoffley. Daniel Berger's not. Daniel Berger's not a rookie.
9: Not a rookie. Not a rookie.
2: Well, they are Ryder Cup rookies. It's nothing they would be Ryder Cup
9: rookies.
3: Harris English is also a Ryder Cup rookie.
9: No, not not. I'm 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 defining rookie differently than someone who has played or not.
2: Well, yeah, whether they play in the Ryder Cup or not
9: doesn't matter to me. Doesn't oh. matter. Doesn't matter. I, I disagree. I disagree wholeheartedly. Doesn't matter.
2: Disagree. Hundred percent. I, I disagree.
9: No, 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 no. no. For those guys, it doesn't matter. They'll be just fine.
3: What about not Patrick everybody will be fine as a rookie?
9: There's no question about that. <laughs>
3: That's yeah, your opinion. I don't
9: think he would have problems with it. I just, yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going to have a problem with it. He's got a unique
2: mindset. Okay, we got to wrap this up. So I, I want I'm going to nail you down here. We, by the way, this doesn't stand because we're going to have a few more weeks to do this. Yep. You're taking Daniel Berger. Are you taking Patrick Cantley?
9: I'd have to I'd have to examine the list a little more closely. <laughs> I'm going to have a tough time with this one. Are
2: you taking Tony fino
9: after Berger? What's I'm going to give you a little insight. I also chose burger because when I hear the word burger, mm-hmm. it makes me smile. There you go. <laughs> I, I, always liked, I always like a burger. I, I, I will never – have I turned down
2: a burger? No, you've never so, turned down a burger. There's
9: that. All right, I've never turned down a burger. And, it's you know, look, we all have our problems. We all have our problems.
2: Caddy is picking his Ryder Cup team on his appetite. All right, perfect. Hey, Caddy, great stuff, <laughs> great stuff, man. <laughs> Enjoy your burger, and uh, we'll catch up to you next week. Be looking at that list. We'll, we'll talk about it more. Yep, sir. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> there you go. That's a Caddy joining us right here on Real Golf Radio. we got to take a short break. When we come back, Mitch Voges joins us, the 1991 U.S. Amateur Champ right here on Real Golf Radio.
5: Building a driver to deliver more speed isn't new. The way we're doing it is. We're pushing artificial intelligence to go even further. The new Jailbreak AI Speed Frame is designed to promote faster ball speeds across the face. It's a structural shift in design, delivering performance in a way you've never seen. We're not just building drivers. We're framing the
2: future of speed. Only in the new Epic Drivers from Callaway. unlike anything you've experienced before
4: for over two decades first tee has created experiences that build character we believe every kid deserves to feel supported safe to try something new and to be prepared for what comes next we develop their swing but more importantly their inner strength because we know what's inside doesn't just count it changes the game Come
5: join us at First Tee. Visit firsttee.org. To get your highest performing tour ball, you need to build it with the highest quality. To get the highest quality, you need to pass more than 150 consistency checkpoints. And to guarantee your tour ball has a more centered core, you need unique 3D x-ray. That's why one tour ball is more centered than another. And it might not be who you'd think. Soft. This ball really does change everything.
6: I started Folds of Honor above my garage 13 years ago because 90% of spouses and children of killed or disabled U.S. service members receive no federal education assistance. Our mission has never wavered. We honor their sacrifices by educating their legacy. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thanks to you, I will be a construction engineer. An elementary school teacher.
4: Thank you for helping me fulfill my dream of going to med
6: school. We're able to award these scholarships because patriots like you refuse to turn your back on the cost of freedom. Join the Folds of Honor squadron today. Your $13 a month will help ensure we never turn military families away. This is your call to duty.
4: Thank
8: you. Thank
6: you.
0: Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thanks to people like you, I know my dad is not forgotten.
7: Born from 10 years of research and innovation, the shaft synonymous with high performance and unrivaled feel is back. Introducing the all-new Matori X from Fujikura. Built to amplify the performance of today's driver heads with a reinforced bias core and a torsionally stiffened handle, Matori X doesn't just add speed and stability, it multiplies it. Get custom fit from Matori X today.
1: You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Now, back to Brian and Bob. All right,
2: welcome back to the show. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks to the caddy for stopping by, and... As we've been talking about the U.S. Amateur going on this week at Oakmont Country Club and one of the great cathedrals, I believe is how John Bodenhammer put it, the great, one of the great cathedrals in the game of golf. And we're going to be seeing this cathedral quite often as the USJ has announced for their championships. And with it being U.S. Week, we wanted to welcome back one of our friends and uh, pay tribute to the man who won the U.S. Amateur 30 years ago, the 1991 U.S. Amateur Champion, our good friend and broadcaster, Mitch Voges, joining us right now. Hey, Mitch, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. How you doing? Always. Yeah,
10: whatever happened to that guy? <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're talking to him. I mean, uh, you know, you, you did a oh, lot of man. things with the game over the years, huh? Well,
10: we've had a lot of fun. You know, you're talking about the looper and having him on there. It brings back fond memories for me. I had my uh, 13-year-old son turn 13 during the week of the Amateur that we won, and and. uh what a great, uh, cherished family member you. That worked for us.
2: Wait, so, wait a minute. So you were, if I'm not mistaken, you were one of the older U.S. Amateur champions, were you not?
10: I think I was the third oldest. I think you have to go back to, like, Walter Travers, guys, when they used to win the amateur, wearing, uh, head coats, heavy wool coats. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, if you're not wearing spats or you don't have button shoes, I mean, you know... I, you know, old guys don't win that thing. I I turned it on for about ten minutes uh, this week just to kind of see what's going on. Those guys all have temples. I mean, oh, the yeah? kids tournament. <laughs> yep. it's, a, it's a grind. It's a grind.
3: Well, you know, you know what's funny is uh, you played Manny's Manny Zerman. Is that correct? In the finals, that's right. Yeah, you played Manny Zerman in the finals, and he lost two years in a row in the finals.
10: That's really rare. You know, you, you go back and you look in the, in the history of the game. There's been a history of a lot of guys that lose in the finals and come back the next year and win. And I think, you know, they kind of have that added motivation to, to get after it. And, and, uh, and Zerman certainly had that. And I guess he was rolling through his half of the bracket. And then, uh, you know, we were doing good. We just kept trumping on through there. So, you know, I, I, I kind of knew a little bit of history and knew that I, I better bring out the best that I could do in order to hang yeah. in the game.
2: Yeah. So one of the oldest Brian, winners you know and one of the youngest, the one of the youngest caddies, right? So how about that? <laughs>
10: yeah, like I said, we had our thirteenth birthday party. You know, we might have got like a host of cupcake or something and stuck a cat with And <laughs> what else are you going to do in a in a courtyard in, in Chattanooga? But uh, you know, we had a we had a great time in there. But you know, you talk about going up against Sermon and trying to pull this stuff out. If you if I had one round in my life to play where I could do everything right was in the finals. And it's just one of those times when I just felt like I had I had extra help. And, and it's interesting, when you know, talking to Johnny Miller later on in life after that, and some of the comments that he made about, you know, when he shot 63 to win at Oakmont in the U.S. Open, some of the thoughts that came into his head are exactly the same thoughts that came into my head during that round. And as the thing progressed, I think the first 22 holes, I had nine birdies and an eagle, and that's about mm. as good as I could hope play in my dreams
3: that's cool nine birdies and an eagle wow on a hard on a very hard golf
2: course so tell us about i mean give us the recap well so where where were you through 22 holes i I was i
10: I was under par in fact at the time it was really kind of funny because i got done and they, they interviewed the players afterwards and and honestly, I don't want this to come across wrong, but I really think I thought it was nice when Zerman was, was interviewed by Bob Rosberg and they said, well, you know, you really ran into a buzzsaw today. And he said, well, last year I had a chance. He played Mickelson. He said, this yeah. year I had no shot. Oh. And I thought that was a pretty, pretty classy thing for a kid to say who's a, you know, all American player at Arizona. Yeah. But you know, some days, you know, you just look, the reason why I played the game and, and, Maybe the reason why you guys play the game, I just want to see what would happen when I got under white-hot pressure. I wanted to find out if I could still get enough air in my lungs or I could only see one ball when I looked down to tee it up I want to see if my, if I could steady my hands and my nerves. And, I, you know, it's, I'm really grateful that I had the opportunity to be in that position at least once in my life. And The other time or a couple other times that I thought about that is when I stood on the uh, crest of the hill at 15 at the National Center next to Tom Watson with a two-iron in my hand knowing I had, to, I had to carry the lake you know, in front of 15 and and knock it in there. And I mean, those are just moments in your life that you relish as a player just thinking, you know, I get a chance to hit this shot.
2: Super cool. Mitch Voges yeah, really cool. joining us here on Real Golf Radio. So let me ask you that if we can, and maybe it's not that simple, but how do you do that? How do you steady your hand? Under that white hot heat that you talked about, uh, you obviously prevailed. For those of our our listeners out there who have aspirations, maybe including me, of being able to do that, even if it's in just in a club championship, well, how do you do it?
10: I'll tell you what, I'm gonna share you share with something that I, I rarely ever talk about. But you know, I coach my son in the Little League. In fact I was a little league coach during the time when I won the amateur there. And I used to tell all the kids in the I said to the parents, you know, I want you to support your kids, but you know, when it when it comes game time why don't you go sit in your car in left field? I don't want you yelling at your kid and doing all this, that and the other. And I used to tell him, Hey, there's a time to win. And there's a time just to learn and, and you know, learn the game and understand how to back up the bases and what the fun- fundamentals are. And just because your kid's left-handed doesn't make him the first baseman and stuff. And the morning of the finals, it was cold and dark and, you know, it, it got to be like 150 or something later in the day. But you know, you have to go out there at 4.30 in the morning. And I remember putting my hands on my on my son's shoulders. I looked him in the eye, and I said, Christian, I said, you remember when, when I told you that there was a time to win? I said, that's today. And for some reason, I got the, the, the greatest peaceful feeling of calm over me mm-hmm. that I've ever had in my life heading out to the golf course, and I knew I was going to have help. And so I never, I didn't have the jitters. I just felt like I had help and I had, uh, I had everything under control and I, it's just, I wish I could, get, <laughs> I wish I could get there again, but, um, it, it was a real blessing. So to answer your question, I've been in places like that where you can't breathe too well and you, all you see is hazards and trouble, but all I saw was the flag and, uh, I was able to
3: pull the trigger real well. And for that, I'll be eternally grateful. Wow, that's awesome. That's a great story. So um, in, in talking with Christian over the years, has he ever tell you or told you what his feelings were when you made that statement to him? Because I'll guarantee you to get to that position, to get to the finals and have your dad put your hand on, his hands on your shoulders and make that statement, he had to be looking and thinking, man, this guy's my hero. You know, I, I'm, it's really interesting
10: that you say that because on the second hole down at, at, at the honors course where, where we won, there's a par five that I told them all week long, look, I'm going to hit driver, I'm going to hit a four-iron over the left, I'm going to wedge it up. It's just too too dangerous to try to carry this big chasm and, and up a, about a 20-foot ridge to go for the green and two. And... Um, I, and all week long, that's what I did. I hit driver, I hit four iron over the left. I hit sandwich up on the green and you know, you're never going to make more than five and you might make a birdie once in a while. Well, I hit such a good drive. My adrenaline was running. I looked over at him and I said, uh, I said, I guess it's go time. And he looked at me kind of nodded and I just smoked the two iron and I got it up there right to the back edge of the green. And then I hit my, and I hit my, my little chip from about now uh, two feet over the green down to within about you know four or five inches of the hole. And I looked over at him, and his eyes were just as big as saucers. And this is what I said. I said, Christian, you're feeling it now, aren't you?
2: All he did is (laughs) nod.
3: I love that.
2: (laughs) That's pretty neat right there. Teaching
3: all the way along. That's awesome, Mitch.
10: You know, you can say all week long, you're nervous. You go, no, I'm not
3: nervous. What do I got
10: to lose? You know, I get candy bars at the turn. You know, everybody's good to me out here, you know. Yeah. But, uh, it's different. That's what I told him. I said, look, this is one chance at the brass ring. You know, I mean, your name's either going on the Habermeyer Meier trophy or people to forget about, it. you know, you had a nice week. So it was just, it was so special to be able to have him on the bag. and You know, that little pencil bag we were lugging around out there and I couldn't even get the putter in the bag. That's how small it was. <laughs> he was carrying that thing outside, outside the bag. And then I had my wife walking along and my little girl who was about six at the time. And she was just, from the pink cheek deluxe she was going from water fountain to water fountain and and every day she wanted to go look at you know bears at dolly world or something else out there every after every round she'd say can we go now daddy i want to go look at the bears I you know honey daddy's gotta play one more time i went all, all week long it was like torture to her she appreciates it now but then i she thought i was being mean to her because i kept playing golf oh that's funny
2: Hey, just to wrap it up, Mitch, uh, if you were to kind of summarize what winning the U.S. Amateur has meant to you over the last 30 years, you know, how would you put it?
10: You know, there's a certain satisfaction to know that uh, that you've accomplished something that, that maybe was beyond your dreams. I mean, look, I was serving, a you know, in a bishopric in my ward and, uh, and I was coaching Little League and I had, you know, business responsibilities. I was a Friday afternoon card player playing in member guest tournaments, you know, i I'd played in a whole bunch of Ambers, you know, before that. But when you when you finally get something like that done, um, it brings peace to your soul. That's about all I can say. It just it 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 lets you know that when the chips are down, you know you can have a steady hand. And I would like to think that if you and I were ever in a foxhole, and you know I love you guys like brothers, and you know, I'll be there for you.
2: That's awesome. Mitch, thanks so much. And again, congratulations, 30 years and still on that trophy, a U.S. amateur champ and, uh, and a great man. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it.
10: All right, guys. I love you. Take care. Thanks, Mitch.
2: Talk to you soon. Mitch Voges, the 1991 U.S. Amateur Champion, joining us right here on U.S. Amateur Week. That's pretty special stuff. Hopefully you felt that, uh, got a little goosebumps just listening to that. That stuff doesn't happen very often, right, that way. it's no. As he said yep. in the beginning, it's a young kid's game and big business on the line. And Mitch never did turn professional um, that, I, that I know of. Uh, continue to remain as an amateur. Well, we'll take a short break. We'll continue with uh, more of the show next right here on Real Golf Radio. Before you buy it, beginners are welcome. Come and learn from the experts at Get Some Guns & Ammo, open seven days a week. 2020 has
3: been a lesson in the unexpected, but the real estate market has adapted to the new normal. I'm Bob Casper from Real Golf Radio and the Casby Real Estate Group. With trends we've seen and the COVID vaccine, it helps us to make predictions for 2021. So here's what you can expect. Interest rates will continue to be low. Home values and prices will continue to rise for now. And there's going to be more new construction. No one can predict the future. Future, but we have the experience to develop a unique plan just for you. So let's talk. Send an email to Bob at com. That's Bob at K-A-S-B-Y realestate.com.
2: Temperatures are rising, and you know what that means. It's time to turn your water on your sprinklers. Turn to the experts at Mountainland Supply to get you the right products for your yard. Mountainland Supply is an exclusive Rainbird golf distributor in Utah. That means the golf pros and superintendents trust Mountainland Supply and Rainbird for their sprinklers, controllers, pipe, and everything they need to irrigate the golf courses. Shop where the pros shop. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. This is Brian Taylor. In 22 years of hosting this show, the most life-changing experience I've had was getting LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. I met Dr. Philip Hoops and Dr. Phil Hoops Jr. over a decade ago. They helped me through the decision process of understanding what benefits I would experience and the various options I had to choose from. One thing was for sure, I was done with contacts and glasses. What a hassle. Not ideal for my lifestyle. Of course, I was nervous. It's your eyes after all. But the Hoops Vision free consultation was absolutely key. They were thorough and walked me through everything to put my concerns to rest and the day of the surgery was so easy really one of the simplest things I've gone through and it worked I could see instantly and 12 years later I haven't had any issues at all I can still see that tee shot land 300 yards down the fairway well you know close to 300 yards anyway schedule your free consultation today at hoopsvision.com join the list of happy patients like Mike Weir, Bruce and Boyd Summerhays, Bob Casper and me oh and mention Real Golf Radio and you'll save a thousand dollars off your LASIK procedure do it now at hoops Vision.com Now back to Real Golf Radio with Brian and Bob. Welcome back. Thanks for, uh, for joining us. Thanks to Mitch Vogus. Wow. That was uh that was a pretty special interview. You know, you don't hear guys open up that intimately about something yep. so special. And, you know, there's stories like that that go on in the game of golf all the time. And it's, it's great to see. It's for the love of the game, isn't it, Bob? That's what I kept thinking, was this love of the game, sharing it with his 13-year-old son, really a guy that shouldn't have even been out there winning that kind of thing, and he, and he did it anyway um, back in 30 years ago at the USM. That's pretty neat.
3: You know, I've been on the bag for my dad when he's won, and that was a great experience. Think about other guys whose fathers have won on the PGA Tour. You know, uh, you think about Stuart Sink. This year, you know, you've got a guy that's won twice and his son has carried the bag for him. So it's, it's a really cool experience and to be able to be there.
2: Well, coming up on the back nine, Kirk Coulter from Oakmont Country Club joins us, plus more of the headlines and topics at hand. Thanks for joining us. Brian and Bob with you on Real Golf Radio.
8: If you missed
1: something from today's show, you can find it now on iHeartRadio Talk. That's iHeartRadio.com slash talk.
5: USA Radio News with Wendy King.
12: In Afghanistan, the U.S. Embassy there is urging Americans to leave as soon as possible now that the Taliban has taken control of the city of Kandahar. They predict the city of Kabul will be next. State Department spokesman Ned Price. We are
6: always evaluating the situation on the ground. We are planning for all contingencies. This was a contingency, in fact, that we had planned for.
12: 3,000 U.S. troops are heading back to Afghanistan to help Americans and allies get out of the city and to secure their airport. Tropical Depression Fred is expected to gain strength back to a tropical storm by Saturday. The National Hurricane Center said there's only a slight chance it could make it to a Category 1 hurricane. They said they expect the storm to move onto the Florida panhandle by Sunday night. The biggest impacts are expected to be flooding and poor beach conditions. This is USA Radio News. Just hit
6: head- Awesome and amazing day, hey friends! It's John and Chelsea Jubilee, and here's my beautiful wife, Chelsea. Hi, women! I have a message just for you today. Every single day, we have women that come to us in pain—not physically, even though yes, that is too—but in pain from suffering of hopelessness because they have tried every single thing to lose weight and they can't. And they can't year after year
1: after year, and they give up. They give up hope. They're desperate. They're in a dark place. But we. Have- have a light, a light of truth. Science is a search for the truth that is known. In our breakthrough science of intercellular hydration, ladies, you will lose 15 to 20 pounds of solid fat every four weeks. Go log on to our website. Look at the testimonials of real women just like you who were hopeless, but this changed their life.
6: Check us out at EnergizedHealth.com. That's EnergizedHealth.com. Next
12: week, the Bureau of Reclamation is expected to limit states' water from the Colorado River. USA's Lance Pry reports
1: drought and high demand are expected to force the first ever mandatory cuts to water supply that 40 million people across the Colorado River depend on. The U.S. Bureau of Reclamation's project next week will spare cities and tribes but hit Arizona farmers hard. Pinal County, Arizona's top producer of cotton, barley, and livestock, says they will be hit very hard. Arizona is expected to lose 512,000 acre-feet of water. Nevada will lose 21,000 acre-feet, and Mexico will lose 80,000 acre-feet of water. An acre-foot is enough water to supply one to two households for a year. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry.
12: Britney Spears' father said in a court filing that he's planning to step down from the conservatorship that has controlled her life. Jamie Spears filed the legal documents. He said he'll step down after some lingering issues are resolved. You're listening to USA Radio News. Federal authorities have charged a self-proclaimed follower of the QAnon conspiracy theory with murder for the brutal deaths of his two young children in Mexico. Prosecutors charged Matthew Taylor Coleman of Santa Barbara with foreign murder of U.S. nationals for killing his two-year-old son and 10-month-old daughter. According to the criminal complaint, he stabbed them in the chest with a spear-fishing gun in Rosarito, Baja, California. He told the FBI that he killed his young children because they were going to grow into monsters. He told the FBI he was a believer of QAnon and was receiving visions that revealed his wife possessed serpent DNA and had passed it on to their children. Coleman's wife initially contacted the authorities on Saturday, saying the family was planning to go on a fishing trip, but instead her husband left in their Mercedes with their two children. The next day, she used the Find My iPhone application on her smartphone and contacted the FBI, saying they were in Rosarito. A police officer in Rosarito had found the bodies of the two children lying in a ditch. Coleman was arrested as he tried to reenter the United States. The FBI asked him if he knew what he did was wrong. He stated that he knew it was wrong, but it was the only course of action that would save the world. QAnon conspiracy believers think the world is controlled by a group of pedophiles and that former President Donald Trump will bring them to justice. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King.
0: Do you own an annuity? Either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so,
1: Now, the back nine. Where business gets done. Where majors are won. And boys become men.
5: One day you'll get it.
1: Hour number two of Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper on the Real Golf Radio Network.
2: Hey, welcome in. It's the Back Nine, hour number two of Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you. Thanks so much to Mitch Voges, the caddy, for stopping by. Uh, Really appreciate them and their insights. Still to come here, we're going to welcome in longtime Oakmont Country Club member, Kurt Coulter, who's a seven-time club champion over four decades. He's also one of the club historians. He's going to give us a real nice insight on Oakmont Country Club, which, by the way, Bob was, again, announced this week by the USGA that this is going to be one of their uh, regular rotational sites for the USGA championships and why not it's as John Bodenheimer said it's one of those cathedrals of the game they take into account the fact that the players like to be able to say where they won their major championship and it has more meaning based on the history of the club from which they won that tournament do you you agree with that Oh, yeah, no
3: doubt about it. You know, when it comes down to a major championship, um, you know, there are certain golf courses that you want to have won on. You know, you go with the old course at St. Andrews, uh, maybe Carnoustie as far as open championships are concerned. Um, As far as, you know, the Masters, of course, is played traditionally on the same golf course every year. Um, You know, PGA championships. You talk about some of the great uh, venues. Baltusrol. Yeah, Roll, PGA Championship lore, um, and then you get to the U.S. Open, and you you talk about the great ones like Shinnecock. You talk about um, this Pebble one Beach here at a, yeah Pebble Beach, um, Oakmont, Wingfoot, um, Wingfoot, uh, Olympic. I like both of those. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, Marion. Yeah, you win on those golf courses, and it's a special, special deal. So um, the USGA has – and we'll talk about it. The USGA has extended that um, – those major championships that will be played at Oakmont and Marion, and I thought it was a great uh, revelation from the USGA – and exciting for all of golf.
2: I'm down with they already announced Pinehurst is going to be one of those places as well. I, yep. I like that they're going to have a bit of a rotation. And I think if you, you hit it on the, the nail on the head when you mentioned Augusta, what Augusta yep. has going for it is it has created that history where the games greats have walked those fairways year mm-hmm. in, year out. That's where the stories are told and history is written. So venue matters it matters if you're winning in yankee stadium or fenway park that's there's a difference right and so i think that is uh what the usga is considering and i think it makes a lot of sense by the way bob they've extended it all the way out to 2050 i know it's crazy. i'll be 76 you'll be 90 uh probably won't be there for that one hey stay tuned the back nine continues next This is Brian Taylor. In 22 years of hosting this show, the most life-changing experience I've had was getting LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. I met Dr. Philip Hoops and Dr. Phil Hoops Jr. over a decade ago. They helped me through the decision process of understanding what benefits I would experience and the various options I had to choose from. One thing was for sure, I was done with contacts and glasses. What a hassle. Not ideal for my lifestyle. Of course, I was nervous. It's your eyes after all. But the Hoops Vision free consultation was absolutely key. They were thorough and walked me through Everything to put my concerns to rest And the day of the surgery was so easy Really, one of the simplest things I've gone through And it worked I could see instantly And 12 years later, I haven't had any issues at all I can still see that tee shot land 300 yards down the fairway Well, you know, close to 300 yards Anyway, schedule your free consultation today At HoopsVision.com Join the list of happy patients Like Mike Weir, Bruce and Boyd Summerhays, Bob Casper and me Oh, and mention Real Golf Radio And you'll save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure Do it now at Hoops.
5: To get your highest performing tour ball, you need to build it with the highest quality. To get the highest quality, you need to pass more than 150 consistency checkpoints. And to guarantee your tour ball has a more centered core, you need unique 3D x-ray. That's why one tour ball is more centered than another. And it might not be who you'd think. ChromeSoft. This ball really does change everything.
7: Born from 10 years of research and innovation, the shaft synonymous with high performance and unrivaled feel is back. Introducing the all-new Matori X from Fujikura. Built to amplify the performance of today's driver heads with a reinforced bias core and a torsionally stiffened handle, Matori X doesn't just add speed and stability. It multiplies it. Get custom fit
2: from Motori X today. Unlike anything you've experienced before,
5: building a driver to deliver more speed isn't new. The way we're doing it is. We're pushing artificial intelligence to go even further. The new Jailbreak AI speed frame is designed to promote faster ball speeds across the face. It's a structural shift in design, delivering performance in a way you've never seen. We're not just building drivers. We're framing the future of speed. Only in the new Epic Drivers from Callaway.
2: Now back to real golf radio with Brian and Bob. This segment brought to you in part by Odyssey Golf, the number one putter in golf. Go to odysseygolf.com. You know, we talked about the USGA and their announcements. Uh, I teased Bob. But I mean, we got yeah. US Open Championships being announced all the way through 2050. 76 and 90 years old. I- that would be a lot. I mean, Jeff Roode has covered a lot of major championships. We've talked about that, but that would—if we kept doing it for another twenty-six years—that would definitely. Oh my goodness! That would definitely be something. Oh my goodness! For twenty-nine years, I should say. i I'm just hoping
3: I'll be around at ninety. I don't know about doing the show at ninety.
2: Exactly. I might be talking a little like this. Well, you'll sound great. You'll sound great. Sometimes there's just a distinguishing feature to that oh, uh, there speak, you go. right? Uh, yeah. You know what? I did notice that the. Uh, and, and the Golf Channel pointed it out this week as well that those those events at Marion um, mm-hmm. they are commemorating the 100th year since Bobby Jones. Okay. In you know in 2030 and then in 2050 will be the 100 years of Ben Hogan there at Marion. Okay. So there is some. There's there's some history there's some some correlation with Nostalgia. what they're doing yeah. and, and there's it's also not a coincidence obviously that next year's the 150th playing of the Open Championship mm-hmm. and it will be at the old course at St Andrews so you got to yep. pay attention to those things if you're putting those events together if you are in charge and you are you have the custody of major championships like that you need to yep. make sure you don't miss on yep. some of those things I mean I have nothing to you know negative to say about Royal Liverpool but it doesn't seem like the appropriate place for the 150th Open Championship when you have the option to be at the old course of St. Andrews, right?
3: Well, I, I agree with that. But if your name's on that, uh, you know, that uh, that trophy, the the jug, the claret
2: jug, um, then uh, guess what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying anyway from the winner of anything. I'm just talking about yep. if you're planning for... Yep. A fact. You know, I agree. And entertainment, agree. right? Yeah, so. I agree. Anyway, yep. uh, that, that'll that be interesting. And by the way, Oakmont, uh, maybe you want to run through it real quick. Oakmont yeah, hosting this week. This real quick. Oakmont
3: Country Club. The U.S. Open will be played there in 2025, so in, a, in in about four years. Then again in 2034, again in 2042, and again in 2049. Okay?
2: So every seven so to ten years. The okay. Ben's
3: U.S. Opens. Women's U.S. Opens will be played there in 2028 and 2038. The Walker Cup will be there in 2033. Mm. And the U.S. Women's Am will be there in 2046. Woo. Okay. Okay. So then Marion Golf Club, you know, wasn't long ago that we had Marion Golf Club. That's where Justin Rose won his U.S. Open. Um, the Curtis Cup will be at Marion Golf Club in 2022. The U.S. Amateur in 2026. Then, as you've already mentioned, the U.S. Opens in 2030 and 2050, and the U.S. Women's Opens will be played there in 2034 and 2046.
2: (laughs) That's crazy. Um yeah, there you go. All right, so all those things are announced. Also should mention that the official World Golf Ranking had some changes as well. Yes. Uh, all the, the the golf channel did a good job getting reaction from the players uh, this week at the Wyndham and it seems like everyone's pretty unanimous in in the in the sense that this is this is something that is going to be more accurate, more up to date mm-hmm. and I guess a little bit as Adam Scott said a better representation of the top yep. players in the world. And I don't think it's going to hurt the current top players. It's just going to be more inclusive of everyone that's playing in the best fields in golf.
3: Yeah, it's, it's interesting that they've, already, that they've made a change. The World Golf Rankings have been going on for a while, and it's still on a two-year rotation as far as points con- are concerned. But um, some of the changes, field rating for each event set by every player in the field, not only top 200 in current ranking. I thought that was pretty interesting. Minimum point levels are uh, flagship tournaments, home ratings are no longer needed.
2: Yeah, so basically they're like venue or, or tournament and tour agnostic is the way they described it. So it doesn't, Tour
3: agnostic. Yeah, hmm. Yeah. Okay. All players making the cut will receive ranking points according to points to the points breakdown. So because each event... Um, acquires its own points by the strength of the field and not predetermined or preset right um then um you 'll get points commensurate to that for every player that makes the cut
2: that 's right yeah so okay. yeah and that goes into effect a year from uh now yes uh so august fourteenth twenty twenty two you have to kind of keep everything status quo until the, to, because everything is so set and determined as far as your place in events and majors right. and based on your world ranking. World and so Golf,
3: yeah, World Golf Championships, that kind of thing.
2: You can't mess with it right here in the middle. And so everyone right. will have a, play, a year to sort of play this out and then know that the shift is coming so that it doesn't take anybody by surprise. Well, we talked last hour a, a lot about um, – the uh, the bubble and the FedEx Cup playoffs that are coming mm-hmm. up and Will Zalatoris and how he should be absolutely in there and of course if he goes on to win this week he's in because he'll officially have tour membership and by the way if he gets official membership he's already inside the top 30 3.4 million in earnings and Bob when I was looking that up what I found interesting mm-hmm. the tour average in earnings this year well 1.34 <laughs> that's the tour average yeah, that's the tour average. So we talk about how, and that, of course, is official money. We're not talking about yep. sponsorship. So we have yep. a long time said, look, you get your PGA Tour cards worth a million bucks. It is. Now, it's probably worth more than that, depending on how you play, certainly. But let's not forget, that's, we're talking gross numbers here. It, uh, every one of the PGA Tour card doesn't suddenly become a millionaire. You know, we, we've talked to our good friend, Troy Merritt, about that several times. And he'll often <laughs> be quick to say, you know, by the time it all, all shakes out... You know, not not that he's in poverty, not that they're cutting food stamps by any means, right. but it's right. not exactly private jets for everybody who has a tour card, right?
3: Yeah, and it's it's not. You know, a lot of guys, um, a lot of guys have opportunities to do something like that, but you know, a lot of guys decide not to do that to continue to fly commercial. Um, the thing about the PGA Tour that is so compelling and so great is. You know you you've got food every week for for um for the first two meals of every day you're basically only worried about your dinner um you know you take care of your own hotel um they've got courtesy cars for you every week it's uh It's pretty nice to be a member of the p g a tour and have so many things done for you on a weekly basis um you're playing on the best tour in the world. That's
2: no doubt. No question about it. By the way, uh, players on the bubble this week, keep an eye on Ricky Fowler, 130, Adam Scott's at 121, Matt Kuchar at 124. Those players are all exempt. They're going to have a place to play on the PGA Tour next year, but yep. those without an exemption that are on the bubble, you got to watch out for Tommy Fleetwood, who's on the outside, Patrick Rogers, uh, Camila Vijegas, Chesn Hattie. By the way, what a great story, Camila Vijegas battling back, yep. right? I mean, yep. uh, he lost his daughter. Um, he's been battling through Corn Ferry Tour. We haven't heard from him. He was a top player in the world for some time and then for him to you know battle back rooting i'm I'm definitely rooting for camila vijegas i am too no doubt about it all right we got to take a short break we'll come back kurt coulter is going to join us from oakmont country club a an in-depth look at the club and what makes it so special it's history and more next right here on real golf radio Before you buy it, beginners are welcome. Come and learn from the experts at Get Some. Guns and ammo, open seven days a week. This is Brian Taylor. In 22 years of hosting this show, the most life changing experience I've had was getting LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. I met Dr. Philip Hoops and Dr. Phil Hoops Jr. over a decade ago. They helped me through the decision process of understanding what benefits I would experience and the various options I had to choose from. One thing was for sure I was done with contacts and glasses. What a hassle. Not ideal for my lifestyle. Of course, I was nervous. It's your eyes after all. But the Hoops Vision free consultation was absolutely key. They were thorough and walked me through everything to put my concerns to rest and the day of the surgery was so easy really one of the simplest things I've gone through and it worked I could see instantly and 12 years later I haven't had any issues at all I can still see that tee shot land 300 yards down the fairway well you know close to 300 yards anyway schedule your free consultation today at HoopsVision.com join the list of happy patients like Mike Weir, Bruce and Boyd Summerhays, Bob Casper and me oh and mention Real Golf Radio and you'll save a thousand dollars off your LASIK procedure do it now at Hoops.
1: Now back to Real Golf Radio, talking golf back when 300-yard drives were big.
2: For real. Here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian and Bob with you here on Real Golf Radio. U.S. Amateur this week uh, as USGA Championship season rolls on and they stop at one of the most historic venues in major championship golf here in the United States and that's Oakmont Country Club. To get a little more insight on that is a friend of ours that we've had a visit on the show in the past and his name's Kurt Coulter. Many of you know him. He's on the Archives Committee there at Oakmont Country Club and get this, a seven time I did not stutter, a seven time club champion at Oakmont Country Club. Kurt joining us right now. Hey, Kurt, how are you?
13: I'm doing fine. It's nice to be on the show.
2: It's great to have you back. And, you know, I know it's thrilling to have all the history and uh, and everything that goes along with the major championships there. But at the end of the day, it closes your club for a week, huh? Uh,
13: actually, I'll, closer to two weeks. But we're happy to happy to share it with the public because it's a special place to us. And, you know, Mr. Jones built the course 118 years ago to to host major championships. And so we're definitely carrying on his lineage there in doing so. And so we're, we're happy to, to share it and you know love for the, the rest of the world to see
3: it from time to time. Part of the lore of the club is the bunkers and those furrowed rakes that they used to have. When did, when did those go away?
13: Well, there was a two-stage process in having them go away. So the first, um, the original furrowed rakes got altered in 1953 when, of all people, Ben Hogan complained about the furrowed bunkers <laughs> and, and why he would complain about them when he never hits them in, I don't know. But when the USGA heard Ben complain, they said, okay, we're going to need to change something. But this was the week of the U.S. Open at Oak 1 in 53, and so... They kind of jerry-rigged a, a, a new mod, rake to, to make the furrows less severe, and they changed the direction of them from parallel to the hole to perpendicular to the hole. And so they did that in 1953, and then in 1961, they went away with them altogether. So when the open came back in 1962, and Nicholas outdued Palmer in the, in the 18-hole playoff, there were no furrows in the bunker, and they have not been seen since then.
2: Interesting. Not not that the bunkers are any less difficult, though, right? And and the greens right along with it. When you, let's just Correct. let's just let's back up just a little bit. You you mentioned the uh, over a hundred year history of Oakmont, and of course we know that there's been nine U.S. Open championships there, and some spectacular ones. Everyone, I, th- I think everybody thinks of Johnny Miller in the '63. I believe that's still the course record there at the final round in '73. It is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but when you when you just maybe give us just a sense, because you can read the little bullet points, if you will, of, oh, this is Oakmont and there's, you know, kind of washboard greens. And, you know, here's the guys that have won here. But when you when you think about the history or, or when you wanted if you would want to describe the history and of, of your club there, Oakmont Country Club, how would you describe that to people? Uh, how long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> Give us the reader's digest version. <laughs> okay. As I
13: said, you know, Mr. Mr. built the golf course in the fall of 03. It opened in the spring of 04 and he built what he wanted to have a difficult championship test of golf. And when he built it at that time, he built it to a, a bogey of 80, um, you because know, par didn't even exist. The term par came along in 1911, and so when we opened in 1904, par didn't exist, but bogey was the term they used for par. And the, the, the par on the course when he built it was 80. And so there were eight par fives and one par six on the course, but they were all bogey, bogey five and bogey six. So, you know, he was ahead of the game in the sense that the course was 6,600 yards long when he built it, and that was just as the new the Haskell ball was coming into existence. And so he knew that you know, the game was changing and that he wanted to build a golf course that was that was going to hold up to the new technologies. And so, you know, here we are 118 years later. We're still talking about the ball going too far. So, yeah. you know, Mr. Phones built, built the course to a bogey of 80 at 6,600 yards now. And uh, 118 years later, it's now a par of 70 and seventy two hundred and fifty yards. So, you know, so the course has only gotten 10% longer in 118 years. The par has gone from 80 to 70. Which is, which to me is quite, quite interesting. But, uh, it just shows how the course has stood at the test of time and the fact that, you know, Mr. Phones was a, an industrialist. He was not a golf course architect and the only course he ever built. And yet, 118 years later, it's still top 10 in the world and without, with relatively zero changes, just lengthening to it. Um, but, you know, we've been, the course evolves over time and Mr. Phones always wanted it that way. And, and so it's just a true championship golf course that is hard yet fair and if you want more I can give you some some great stats on on scoring records at Oakmont that are real that are quite interesting um and so yeah, I don't yeah. know how much time you have
2: for Yeah it's... no that's perfect I would love to hear that yeah. and I guess what makes it um, stand the test of time to frustrate and challenge and identify the game's greatest players through all of these different generations.
13: Right, right. And, and it's something that so the, the scoring records though that, that go along, so in 1927 um, Tommy Armour won the U.S. Open there with a score of 301, which still stands today as the highest score, winning score in the modern era of golf. There were some higher ones prior to that, but they kind of consider, you know, as the steel shafts were coming along and, and you know, the balls had changed, that that's kind of, from 27 on, is kind of the modern era of golf. And so Tommy Armour wins it with 301, the highest winning score since then. And, and also, he was the last international player to win the U.S. Open until Gary Player won it in 1965 at Bell Reed. And so, you know, the Scotsmen dominated the U.S. Open until 27, and the Americans dominated until 65. And... You know, since 65, it's really been an international game. If you look at the champions, they've been a, a mix of Americans and, and foreign players. And so you know, so in 1927, we have the highest scoring record on the, on the golf course. And then you go to 1973, Johnny Miller shoots his famous 63 on Sunday, which still stands today as the lowest final round in the U.S. Open history. Now, 73... 27 and 20 and 48 years later the record hasn't been broken then move forward 10, 10 years later 1983 Larry Nelson shoots 7375 makes the cut on the number on the weekend he shoots 65 67 to win the tournament and his score his weekend score of 132 still stands as the lowest Saturday Sunday mm. scoring record in US open history so we have the highest scoring record dating back to 1927 but we also have the lowest Sunday and Saturday, Sunday scores since then. And so what it tells me is that, you know, while Oakmont is a hard course, it's also a fair course in that if you have a good day, you can shoot a good score out there. And Mm -hmm. we've got the the history to to prove it.
3: You have the U.S. Amateur this week and then in 2025, you have the U.S. Open again there. What's right. it like to share the golf course with the USGA to prepare it and, and get it ready over a period of time to get it ready for a major championship?
13: Uh, it, it, as, as I said off off air, you know it, Oakmont is a, is the course that you know was built for championships, and therefore we, as a membership, embrace that, and, and we have um, you know, no problem sharing the course with. With the USGA, because you know that's what Mister Fones had envisioned when he built the golf course, and so you know giving up the course for ten to fourteen days every five years is, is not a major you know inconvenience to most of the membership. And now I'm not speaking for you know, all the memberships, but I've been there for forty four years and have you know, seen a lot of things, and so I I, I can speak in, in generalities to say that you know the club embraces it and is happy to happy to share the course with the USGA and and the rest of the golfing world. And so, you know, it's really not a, you know, a major inconvenience. And speaking for myself, it's not a major inconvenience. And I kind of like the downtime in terms of not being able to put the clubs down for for a couple of weeks and and walking across the street because I live right across the street is is such a, a, a thrill to be able to walk across the street every day to go watch the greatest golfers in the world play on my home course. I think there's just, there's nothing, nothing better than that. And so, you know, it's, it's a great, it's a great and special place to me. uh, But I'm happy to, happy to share it with the rest of the golfing world. And, you know, because not everybody is fortunate enough to get to come here and, and see it in person. So to see it on, on TV or on the web is, is, you know, better than not at all. And, you know, what I think what people are, are going to see out there this week is they're going to be amazed because, you know, we've embarked on a program over the last 25 years where we've taken up 15,000 trees on the golf course. Uh, it took us 25 years to do that, but it was basically just restoring the course back to its original Henry phones design, which didn't have any trees on it. And so, you know, I can go into stories about the trees if you want to hear those, but that's, you know, trying to keep it, keep it brief. Um, and that's that's the way I see it, and you know it, it's really exciting week for us here as Oakmont residents as well.
2: I think it's fantastic. Kirk Coulter joining us here on Real Golf Radio. You you mentioned being a seven time um, club champion. What is it? I guess, take us through from a competitor standpoint. You've obviously figured some things out around, around that (laughs) place. Uh, what, how does it test your game? What are some of the facets of it that make it, uh, so challenging? And yet, what does it require of the golfer in order to, um, to be able to, I guess, master the golf course in some respects.
13: Right. Right. And and master is a term to use very loosely because nobody, (laughs) nobody can master Oak wine, but, um, We can just, we can borrow it for a little while and and tame it, so to speak. But, um, you know, it's something that, you know, our our club championship is a 54-hole play, or 54-hole stroke play tournament. And we play at the end of June, um, you know, where the greens are rolling at their fastest. So we're playing 54 holes from the back tees using the U.S. Open hole location. The greens rolling faster than they do for for the open because, we like that and it's a time of the year where, you know, they, they can, they can do that and not stress out the course to the point of danger. And so, so the 54 old metal play is really like an endurance test for us. And so we're playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where you have to put the ball in the hole 54 times. And with the par of 70, just to give you an idea what it takes to, to win the club championship 225, which is averaging 75 every day, which, times three is 15 over par if you shoot 225 in the club championship you're going to win it seven out of ten times
12: Mm.
13: so 15 over par with the best players at the club playing under those conditions if you gave me 225 and and told me i didn't have to tee it up i would take that not even play (laughs) and 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 seven out of ten times i would be the champion at the end of those three days and so the other, the other three times, you know, whether if you get wind, if you get rain one year and the course is softened up or you get a, you get a hot young player that, that suits better than 225, but ask any, any member there, any champion there who's, played, who's won that event, if they would take 225 and, and not see it up, I'll bet you all of them would say absolutely. Mm. So it really is just an endurance test. And when, you, you know, for, for working people, you know, we're, we're, we've got families, we've got jobs and don't do golf for a living. To put the ball in the hole fifty-four times in three days when the greens are rolling over fifteen on the stint meter, it is, oh. it is a challenge. Oh, 50, it is, it fifteen,
2: a challenge. Woo. yeah, <laughs> but. That's, yeah. that's, that's fast. So would you say, again, kind of going back to my question a little bit, would you say it requ- it's, a, it's a high driver uh, requirement? Is it more of a second uh, shot? Okay. Is it simply short? Not simply, but is it more pressure on right. the short game? How would you yeah. identify that?
13: Um, very, very easily to say it's a test of all aspects. And that's, to me, the brilliance of Oakmont, and that Mr. Pohn designed it the way he did Without a knowledge of golf course architecture design, is that Oakmont truly tests every facet of your game? And so, when you get out there, at the end of the week, it'll be curious to see who ends up the champion and who makes it to the to the final four. Because I would have to guess that it's not going to be all bombers. You don't have to hit the ball, you know, 320 to play at Oakmont, and a lot of times you're at a disadvantage if you hit at 320 because the Straightness of the driver is more important than the length of the driver. So, you know, to answer your question, which facet do you need to be the best in? And, and I'm saying you need to be the best in all, because you have to hit it straight. You have to have a good iron play to be able to position your ball to the proper sides of the greens. Even if you sometimes it's better to play away from the flag and actually miss the green on purpose, so that you leave yourself an uphill chip instead of having a downhill putt. And then, you know, taking one step farther is, you know, the chipping game then and the bunker game has to be on point. So, and then the last thing is the putting. So, it truly, truly, truly tests every aspect of your game. And it will be interesting to see
3: who comes out the winner at the end of this week. You were saying uh, just a few minutes ago when we were off air that you went around and you've walked around the golf course for the practice rounds of this amateur championship and talked with a lot of players and helping a lot of players to figure out the golf course and that kind of thing. Tell us a little bit about that.
13: You know, golf is, is, such a, is such a game of connections and, and knowing people. And you know, I'd say that you know, six degrees of separation in golf is about two. I mean, you can get to pretty much anybody in the world through golf through two phone calls and it's amazing how it happens. And so when the the amateur comes to Oakmont, you wouldn't believe the number of phone calls I've gotten from people that know people that know me, that know somebody that knows me. And and all of a sudden I've got, I've got 20 20 people that I'm supposed to meet and talk with and share my knowledge of the golf course, which I'm happy to do because, you know, I want to see everybody do well, but it's such a local knowledge place that, you know, I, I, respect and give credit to the people that want to actually do some homework, some extra covert operation work to find out some nuances at Oakmont because there are many of those that, um, you know, so I I probably talked to about 20 people over the, over the weekend. I walked nine holes with some kids and nine holes with some other kids and then six holes with some, some adults. And, you know, so I've been on the course all weekend walking with all, all different contestants that are playing and gotten to witness a, a bunch of unbelievable golf that that made me feel inadequate and glad that I'm I'm just walking the course and not using my clubs this week because it was it's playing tough out there but it's always tough but just um, when when it counts and it's magnified times a thousand that you're you've got the world watching you and I have a day job and a family I'm not sure I'm ready for that <laughs> and so you know so, I, so I've talked to Spent a lot of time on the course and and talked to a lot of the contestants. And the one thing, though, and I took my wife over there this afternoon just so she could see it. And she walked back, and I introduced her to a lot of people that I had worked with over the last couple days. And the thing that she came back with saying was, she said, it's really amazing to me to hear the responses from all of these people that you've talked with on the golf course. And I said, what do you mean? I mean, cause it, it usually blows people away. And she said, that's what it was. He said every person mentioned every, every person that you talked to when they said something to me, they said, this course is unbelievable. He said, I am so thrilled to be here. I'm so excited to be here, but my gosh, is it hard. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's really been interesting uh, experience for, for us already. And they just, you know, just finishing up the, in the first day of qualifying so you know we're in the we're in the first inning of this of this baseball game here and yet we're already having a good time and seeing a lot of amazing golf but also hearing some good stories and, and getting affirmations of what a special place Oakmont is
2: well, Kurt, we greatly appreciate you taking some time to visit with us. It's always a thrill to have you on the show. Um, I, I love following you on social media and the different places that you play and and the things that you share. So thanks for spending some time with us again, and um, again, well done. And it'll be a, for sure, you know, that the venue will hold up and provide a a great challenge for these best amateur players this week at the 121st U.S. Amateur. Well, Brian and
13: Bob, don't, don't be strangers. I'm, I'm happy to talk with you, and um, I hope that I shed a little more light on, on what's going on over there. And yeah. don't hesitate to reach out to I'm yeah. here all week.
2: Okay, well, we appreciate that. Kurt Coulter joining us right here on Real Golf Radio. There you go. You're not going to beat that kind of insight from a seven-time club champion at Oakmont Country Club. That's remarkable. And,
3: and he also told us he was an eight-time runner-up He's contended in 15 of them and won seven of them. That's, that's pretty good.
2: That's crazy. And he's been a member 40, 40 years. He's done it over yep. four decades, uh, yep. those seven club championships. All right, we'll take a break. 121st U.S. Amateur at Oakmont. Thanks for joining us. Brian and Bob with you here on Real Golf Radio.
7: Born from 10 years of research and innovation, the shaft synonymous with high performance and unrivaled feel is back. Introducing the all-new Matori X from Fujikura. Built to amplify the performance of today's driver heads with a reinforced bias core and a torsionally stiffened handle, Matori X doesn't just add speed and stability, it multiplies it. Get custom fit from Matori X today.
6: I started Folds of Honor above my garage 13 years ago. Because 90% of spouses and children of killed or disabled U.S. service members receive no federal education assistance. Our mission has never wavered. We honor their sacrifices by educating their legacy. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thanks to you, I will be a construction engineer. An elementary school teacher. Thank you for helping me fulfill my dream
4: of going to med school.
6: We're able to award these scholarships because patriots like you refuse to turn your back on the cost of freedom. Join the Folds of Honor Squadron today. Your $13 a month will help ensure we never turn military families away. This is your call to duty. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thanks to people like you, I know my dad is not forgotten.
2: Those who know love heading to St. George, Utah for year-round fun, especially golf. But where to stay is always a challenge, and getting a tee time can be tough. What if there was a Scottsdale-style golf resort in St. George where you can stay and play? And what if you could own your own residence there? Well, now there is. Introducing Black Desert Resort at Entrada. The second and final chapter of the Entrada Vision offers a full community with exceptional amenities from residential villages, hiking trails through preserved lava flows, spa, world-class dining and shopping, and a Tom Weiskopf championship golf course. It's literally an out Outdoor paradise that will strengthen family bonds and make lifelong memories. That's life at Black Desert. Find out how you can stake your claim at blackdesertresort.com. Blackdesertresort.com. Exclusive real estate opportunities are available now. Black Desert Resort at Entrada. Unlike anything you've experienced before.
5: To get your highest performing tour ball, you need to build it with the highest quality. To get the highest quality, you need to pass more than 150 consistency checkpoints. And to guarantee your tour ball has a more centered core, you need unique 3D x-ray. That's why one tour ball is more centered than another. And it might not be who you'd think. ChromeSoft. This ball really does change everything.
1: Now, back to Brian Taylor and Bob Casper on Real Golf Radio.
2: And the segment brought to you by Black Desert Resort. The second and final chapter of the entrada vision offers a full community with exceptional amenities from residential villages, spa, world class dining, and shopping, and of course that Tom Weiskopf Championship golf course. It's literally an outdoor paradise that will strengthen family bonds and make lifetime memories. That's life at Black Desert. Find out how you can stake your claim at BlackDesertResort.com. Exclusive real estate opportunities available now at Black Desert Resort com and uh, we appreciate you being with us. thanks so much to Kurt Coulter. Hope you enjoyed that extended conversation I mean that is a guy that knows his club uh, not only from a competitor standpoint but a historical standpoint and a great appreciation and like he said he's they as a, as membership they are very happy to share what they have with the Golfing world, and uh, they do that through their relationship with the u s g a which extended you know the all the events that we 've talked about
3: the great thing is that not only do we we have twenty twenty five now at oakmont we have twenty thirty four twenty forty two and and twenty forty nine for u s opens women 's opens twenty twenty eight and twenty thirty eight walker cup twenty thirty three and the u s women 's am twenty forty six those were just announced um earlier this week. And Oakmont Country Club is tied in with the USGA and it's going to become one of those um, iconic venues in the USGA Rota for all for a bunch of their major championships.
2: Yeah, it is. It's uh, definitely worth noting that they are aligning with these clubs. And I guess if you want to be part of that club, you probably, you know, uh, better make some deals with the USGA because it sounds like they're not going to venture too far from these sort of Holy Grail um, venues in the game of golf. All right, playoffs uh, begin next week. That's going to be a big topic, but also players vying for a spot on the Ryder Cup team. Yeah. We have touched on it a little bit with the caddy, but I did want to get to more of the insights here because as as we talked about Bob, I think the top 9 spots, if I were a betting man, are pretty much set for the U.S. Uh, if I'm going, you know, when you look at the rankings, you've got Colin Morikawa, which is automatically qualified this week. He's yep. he's in. Uh, Dustin yep. Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Xander Schauffele, as it sits right now, those are the six that are in. And then six captain's picks, I think the next three are in. Spieth, English, and Reed, I think, are in.
3: I agree with you. Um, even if Xander Schauffele were to bounce out of the top six, I think he is guaranteed With how he's done winning the gold medal recently, those, um, that's there's no doubt. I, yeah, there's no doubt. Um, Jordan Spieth with his play, especially in the majors as of late, finishing runner up at the Open Championship, having a chance to win there, winning again this year. Um, a lot of things that he's done well to bring his game back around. Harris English, two time winner, had a chance to win at the WGC last week, and then Patrick Reed. Uh, also a winner this year. And, you know, he's known as Captain America. Has that kind of tarnished a little bit? I don't know. But uh, here he is right back in the mix again. So I I agree with you. Those next three are set.
2: Yeah, his Ryder Cup uh, was not ideal in France. And there were some issues. We, We took exception, too, to the fact that he the way he handled himself and the team in uh-huh. France. But nevertheless, I think he's on. So now you start looking at 10, 11. I'm going to take it 10 through 15. Let's yep. talk those six players, starting okay. with Daniel Berger, Patrick Cantley, Tony Finau. That was, that's number 12. Webb Simpson, Scotty Scheffler, and Jason Kokrak. That's your... And now... There are probably some outliers that could go on a run and win a couple of playoff events or something like that from back in the pack. But, you know, Vying, you know, like Will Zalatoris, for instance. You know, if he goes uh-huh. on and wins and gets status, you know, who knows? Max Homa, yep. if he goes on a tear. Sam Burns has been playing some great golf. B- but, you know, Billy Horschel sits there at 16, and don't forget, he won the FedEx Cup and didn't get into the Ryder Cup that year. So there, was, there there's precedent for if you haven't done it already – if you're not already in the mix, then you might mm-hmm. not make it there. So let me ask you, Bob, where do you yeah. go with these next six players from Berger down to Kokrak? Well, I it's going to be kind of crazy
3: because one of the great things about these next six players is the next picking three of the next six, he really can't go wrong because all of them are playing extremely well. All of them have played well in majors. All of them have... Um, except for a couple have had a chance to win and won. Um, so there's a lot of good players there. A lot of some guys with experience. So he's he's got a he's got a great opportunity for these picks. Um, the first six players will be set after the BMW Championship. the The next six that he can pick will be set after the Tour Championship. But as far as I would go, um, I think you can't you. You can't overlook Patrick Cantley. I think he's he's a guy that that I would pick for my team. He's a guy that doesn't look like he gets um kind of frazzled in any way in in the heat of competition. Um I think I would also go with Scotty Scheffler, who's played some great golf this year, hasn't won yet, but uh, you know, twentieth in the in the in the world rankings and and uh played some great majors, and then I think I'd go with Tony Fee now. He's got some experience, Um, uh, three top tens in majors over the last seven, and um, he continues to put himself there, and um, he had a winning record the last time in France.
2: Well, all of those are great points, and and I agree with you. I think it's going to be hard to pass over the very next guy. That's always an interesting one, right? I mean, Daniel Berger is number 10, right? So if the nine guys are set, you're passing over, although in the sense he's not because he's – He's picking three guys ahead of him, right? So there can only be six picks uh, with all of that. But, you know, Daniel Berger, eighth in strokes gained total, sixth in strokes gained approach. Uh, He was one of three players to win singles matches back in the 2017 President's Cup team, although that thing was over before Sunday even happened. He won at Pebble this year in eight top tens. Uh, He also, um, you know has has been playing really well, uh, tied for 7th, tied for 8th, tied for 5th last week. So those are his last three starts. So he's hot, and you like a hot player for sure. Yeah. I don't disagree with you on the Cantley pick. I think probably going to pick Patrick Cantley. Now it comes down to you taking Simpson. Is Kokrak on the outside looking? Yeah, but I will throw yes. this. He's fifth in strokes gained putting. I get it. He's won twice this year. Probably not going to make it, but fifth in strokes gained putting, and you need guys to make putts in the Ryder Cup. Scotty Scheffler probably has a little bit more momentum. If you're going to build for the future, you're probably going to build in Scheffler over Kokrak, so I like introducing Scheffler to the team, but are you going to leave off Webb Simpson, who's played in three Ryder and three President's Cup teams, and he's 22nd in strokes gained total and 15th in strokes gained putting, so there's a lot of reasons why you want to pick Webb Simpson for experience, especially when you have a bunch of rookie but then that where do you sit with Tony Finau? And you're right. The big thing, he handed Tommy Fleet with his only loss in France in yep. Sunday singles. Sure, it was a debacle for the U.S. team in France. But Tony was one of those bright spots there. So, uh, boy, it, it, it is going to be a tough... Uh, pick for uh, Steve Stricker and I think just setting that stage something to keep an eye on over the next few weeks as these playoffs roll on because those six players have something to prove for their captain and making it onto the Ryder Cup team I agree. All right, coming up next we'll wrap up uh, the hour and uh, the show thanks for joining us you're listening to Brian and Bob right here on Real Golf Radio Hotel Park City, along with the Spa and Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, are open. Parents were tired, forced into homeschooling, juggling work at home and kids at home, well... Take a staycation and escape to Hotel Park City. The pool's open, fitness center, bandanas grill, Roost Chris, the spa, and the golf course. From suites and the cottages that offer private hot tubs on the balcony and three fireplaces, you got to get away. To Hotel Park City, call 435-940-5077. That's 435-940-5077 for reservations
3: today. 2020 has been a lesson in the unexpected, but the real estate market has adapted to the new normal. I'm Bob Casper from Real Golf Radio and the Casby Real Estate Group. With trends we've seen and the COVID vaccine, it helps us to make predictions for 2021. So here's what you can expect. Interest rates will continue to be low. Home values and prices will continue to rise for now. And there's going to be more new construction. No one can predict the future, but we have the experience to develop a unique plan just for you. So let's talk. Send an email to Bob at Casby. KASBYRealEstate.com. That's Bob at K-A-S-B-Y RealEstate.com.
2: Temperatures are rising, and you know what that means. It's time to turn your water on your sprinklers. Turn to the experts at Mountainland Supply to get you the right products for your yard. Mountainland Supply is an exclusive Rainbird golf distributor in Utah. That means the golf pros and superintendents trust Mountainland Supply and Rainbird for their sprinklers, controllers, pipe, and everything they need to irrigate the golf courses. Shop where the pros shop. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. You're listening to Real
1: Golf Radio. Now back to Brian and Bob. All right,
2: thanks again for joining us here on Real Golf Radio. Special thanks to Kirk Coulter from... Oakmont Country Club, Mitch Voges, the 1991 U.S. Amateur with a really heartfelt, emotional recap of what that meant winning the U.S. Amateur back uh, 30 years ago. And of course, America's favorite caddy stopped by. We appreciate you being with us. Thanks to our great sponsors, of the show as well, and Callaway Odyssey, Black Desert Resort. Check that out uh, on our Twitter and Instagram feed. Twitter is at Real Golf. Well, Bob, uh, a lot of things to uh, highlight here. U.S. Am play continues at Oakmont. Justin Rose, announced as the Payne stewart award winner very very nice uh, uh gesture there and i thought the way he handled it was was very nice as well his appreciation uh for the uh, stewart family and, and winning that award was uh, you know it, it was it was touching it was nice
3: yeah pretty cool to be able to receive that award and um how it is bestowed upon a player every single year and Justin rose is a great. Um, a great one to be on that list.
2: And again, as we started off the show, a big shout out to the USA women players, Nellie Corda with the gold medal last week. And then if you look at the race to the CME as they wrap up their season, four mm-hmm. Americans in that top 10 for that race to the CME Globe, which is pretty cool. Nellie Corda, Jessica Corda, Lexi Thompson, Danielle king four Americans, three Koreans, two players from Thailand, you know, in that top 10. So great to see the resurgence for American women's golf. They're playing the Scottish Open this week. It'll be the Women's British Open next week, followed by the Solheim Cup, which will be a lot of fun. Well, Bob, uh, we sure appreciate it. Great job, as always. Thanks to Dave Glauser, our producer. For Bob Casper, I'm Brian Taylor. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening each week, and we'll see you next week right here on Real Golf Radio.
5: Hi, this is Jay Ritchie, the co-host of Tee to Green, the golf show, the show by
1: golfers for golfers. Be sure to join us every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time when we talk golf in Colorado Springs, Colorado, right here on the Sports Byline
9: Broadcast Network.